This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, February 11th, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Free political speech is under assault seemingly at every turn. Paul Sherman, an attorney with the Institute for Justice, talked with me about the case of a woman who wanted to tell her neighbors to get out and vote in a newspaper ad and found incumbent politicians trying to shut her down. Uh, So we're representing a woman named Tammy Holland, who is a uh, mom who lives in Strasburg, Colorado, which is about an hour east of Denver. And she is very concerned about the state of the public schools in her area. And to raise awareness, uh, particularly about issues related to Common Core, she took out a series of newspaper ads in her local newspaper, the I-70 Scout, uh, that were all about Common Core. And she took out about 14 ads. And this was all fine until she took out some ads leading up to the most recent school board election. And this was relevant because of some laws governing campaign advertising? Yes. So uh, her other ads had all been strictly about Common Core. But in September, she took out a couple ads where she said, look, there's this upcoming school board election. And unlike the last election, there are actually some people who are challenging the incumbents. And she gave a complete list of everybody who was running. She didn't say vote for or vote against any particular candidates. She just called on members of the public to become informed about who was running. And for doing this, she was sued not once, but twice by members of the school board. Twice? Twice. In Uh, in separate cases? Yes, that's right. So first she was sued by the superintendent of the Byers Public School District, uh, who alleged that she had violated the campaign finance laws with her ads. Uh, He thought that she should have registered with the state as a political committee. And he also thought that she had somehow violated federal campaign finance law by not including a disclaimer on her ad saying who had paid for it. Uh, Both of these claims were totally frivolous. The the, uh, laws don't apply to ads like hers that don't call for the defeat or election of candidates, and federal campaign finance law doesn't apply at all. And she's an individual. She's not a group. Yeah. So, you know, she is an individual. Uh, So he filed this lawsuit, and she had to hire a lawyer. She counterclaimed for attorney's fees, and he dismissed his lawsuit one day before the hearing. When she refused to drop her counterclaim for attorney's fees, she was sued again by a different member of the uh, Byers School Board, a guy named Tom Thompson, who's the president of the school board. Uh, And we were going to have a hearing on that second complaint on January 21st, but actually the day before that, the judge who was going to hear it canceled the hearing and said that he didn't think it was necessary. We're interpreting that as uh, he's ready to throw out the claim because that's what we've asked him to do. Now, there are so many interesting elements to this. One, you have people who are incumbents suing an individual for placing ads, not even urging the election or defeat of a candidate, telling them to get informed and uh, get out there and vote, presumably. And that, I mean, that goes to the core of, of a lot of what campaign finance law is about. What really makes Colorado unique and why we have filed a federal lawsuit in Colorado is because in Colorado, any citizen who wants to can file a private lawsuit to enforce the campaign finance laws. So effectively, what they have done is outsource all the enforcement of these laws to every politico with a grudge. And this has played out exactly the way you would expect it to play out. 
people file these lawsuits all the time, not because they are sincerely concerned with enforcing the campaign finance laws, but because they want to harass or intimidate their political opponents. And that's what happened to Tammy twice. Uh, we think that's unconstitutional, and so the Institute for Justice has filed a federal lawsuit to strike down Colorado's system of private enforcement. If any individual can make a claim to enforce campaign finance laws in Colorado, what kind of burden does that place on the courts themselves? It's a huge burden, and one of the things that's unusual about Colorado's system is that all of these cases are heard by the Office of Administrative Courts, which primarily exists to hear workers' compensation claims. So you have these administrative law judges who really have no particular expertise in campaign finance law deciding cases that are fraught with all sorts of First Amendment implications, and the courts don't actually have jurisdiction to consider most constitutional challenges to those laws. You can only do that uh, by raising those issues on appeal. So you've got a system where anyone can haul you into court whenever you talk about politics, and there's none of the safeguards that exist in virtually every other state. So the claims, though, are that she has violated Colorado's campaign finance law. Is that technically true? No, it's not true. She didn't violate the campaign finance laws. And one of the things that's going on is in most states, if a private citizen files a campaign finance complaint, that will go to the secretary of state or to a specialized agency that handles campaign finance. And attorneys will look at that to see, is there any legal merit to this complaint? And if there's no legal merit, they just throw it out because you haven't stated a legal claim. In Colorado, the Secretary of State is required by the state constitution to forward every complaint, no matter how frivolous, to the Office of Administrative Courts. So there's no safeguard whatsoever for speakers. Bottom line for uh, people who are interested in this issue, and I think people should be more interested in it than they are, what does this say about the state of campaign finance laws, I guess particularly at the state level, but also at the federal level? When we think about campaign finance laws, most people think that they are focused on big money and taking on kind of the fat cats. But the fact of the matter is that these laws fall hardest on small grassroots speakers, people who are not politically sophisticated, people who cannot afford to retain a campaign finance lawyer. And so that's what you see in Colorado. You see people who have spent modest amounts of money on political ads being hauled in on trumped up charges that they never would have guessed they could have brought against them just for speaking about politics. Now, Colorado may be unique in that regard, but other states have lots of weird campaign finance laws that are not particularly reverent of the First Amendment, too. Yeah. Col Colorado's system of private enforcement is rare. It's not totally unique. California has a similar system, and there are other states that have somewhat related systems. Uh, but at the state level, there are a ton of campaign finance laws. They're extremely complicated, and perfect compliance with them is essentially impossible. In fact, a few years ago, an economist at the University of Missouri, Jeff Milo, did an experiment where he tried to see if ordinary citizens could fill out the forms that are necessary for running a ballot issue campaign. He asked 255 adults to fill out these forms. He gave them all the information that the states would give them to do it. Not a single person was able to do it correctly. So in virtually every state, those people would be subject to legal liability for failing to fill out you know, things that are as complicated as tax forms just because they want to talk about politics. And with all due respect to you and other campaign finance lawyers that I know, uh, in many cases, these laws are written in such a way so that, that you wouldn't know what to do with them. 
Yeah, I, you know, very often the best you can do for a client who wants to talk about politics is give them your best guess about what the law means. And frequently, that's going to mean that you're going to have to discourage them from speaking if the law is ambiguous, because you don't want to subject them to legal liability. Paul Sherman is a senior attorney at the Institute for Justice. Learn more about the challenges to unfettered political speech at our website, cato.org.